1: Pal for details.
0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
2: tremble we bow down we fast we mourn we separate ourselves from unholiness offering a sacrifice of praise holy oh, gather confess we weep we tremble From my wicked ways, and you will heal land.
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. This message today brings me no pleasure. In fact, it's caused me to tremble before the Lord and to cry out. That's what I've been doing since early this morning and last night. As I began to hear this message in my spirit, I said, Lord, that can't be. But I'm going to share it, if you have the courage, listen to the whole message, and then act in accord with the Word of God. For what I'm going to share with you today is the Word of God for the American church. We are in very, very serious trouble. We think that we're in trouble because Mr. Biden may win the presidency. Yes, that would bring great trouble on America. And America would tumble down much faster. But there are things coming upon this nation that do not have anything to do with the politics of the presidential election. And those things will cause us great personal pain and anguish and change. Jeremiah was a contemporary of King Josiah. He began his ministry, a 53-year ministry, under King Josiah. Jeremiah was a contemporary of Nahum, of Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Ezekiel, and Daniel, a heady bunch to be a part of. But Jeremiah was right at the epicenter. He was in Jerusalem. And he was commissioned by God to speak a very specific word to the Jewish people. For God was preparing a very severe judgment against his people because of their sin and that was the nation of Babylon coming with all of their war horses and their machinery and burning down and killing the people of Jerusalem and the nation of Judah. Already Israel has fallen because of their sin and now it is Judah's turn. Will they turn and repent? No, they will not. Their hearts are as hard as iron Jeremiah comes preaching a very honest word they will not listen they rebuke him they punish him they persecute him they almost put him to death they do not want to hear and so Jeremiah actually experiences the capture of Jerusalem and stands in chains, ready to be taken to Babylon when the king orders his release. And Jeremiah is set free. He is called the weeping prophet. His heart is broken over his people. When the Lord called Jeremiah, he said, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow. And then the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah with a question. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. An almond tree. Do you remember when there was rebellion in the camp of Israel and there was a question over who should be the high priest? God called for each of the, the chiefs of the tribes, the 12 tribes, to bring their staff and write their name on their staff. And the Lord told Moses, tell Aaron to get Levi's staff, for I'm going to give Levi to serve in the tabernacle. Levi was Moses and Aaron's family. And so Levi's dry staff was brought. His name was placed on it. And these 12 staffs were placed before the Lord. And the next morning they all gathered to see what the Lord had done. All of the staffs remained dry and hard except for Levi's. Levi's had budded, Put out leaves, had borne fruit, had blossomed. Already there were almonds on it. What is the significance of the almond? It represents watchfulness, that God is watching. The almond represents, the almond staff represents kingdom authority. Power. It represented Jesus Christ. He is the almond branch. Now, Jeremiah, the first chapter, the Lord is saying, What do you see? He says, I see an almond tree, an almond branch. The Lord said, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. In other words, God knows what he's doing. And he is going to do in America what he needs to do. And there are many prophets of God who are all prophesying that Donald Trump will win and have four more years. I believe that Dana Coverstone was correct in what he saw. I believe it was the word of the Lord. I don't say that quickly or lightly. Dana Coverstone, you can see his messages. October 15, I posted it on my website, National Prayer Chapel. the Lord God of heaven is watching. And we are going to see the Lord move in power to deliver Donald Trump. But that is not where the real crisis lies for you and me. For you and me, the immediate crisis is in the church. The Lord God of heaven has determined that he is going to destroy in the church the God of mammon. The American church has been worshipping at the idol of mammon for quite a number of years. And the Lord is going to destroy that idol. And in the process, great sorrow and poverty is going to come upon the church. And we are going to learn to depend on Jesus alone or we are not going to make it through this great crisis that is upon us. It is a financial crisis the Western world, yea, the whole world faces. And Jesus is watching. The word of the Lord came again. Do you see? What do you see, Jeremiah? Jeremiah? He said, I see a boiling pot, a boiling cauldron tilting away from the north. And the Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on the on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. A boiling pot of Babylonians that are going to pour over the land, burn down Jerusalem and the temple of God and kill more than a million Jewish people. A time of great trouble, of hunger, of famine. Why would he do this? He gives Jeremiah the answer. Beginning in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 16. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me. He is going to bring great judgment upon the American church because the American church has forsaken Jesus. Oh, not the Jesus of prosperity. Not the Jesus of easy believism. Not the Jesus of the happy spirit. Not the cotton candy Jesus. We haven't denied that in the American church. But we have utterly rejected the message of a pure heart, a sanctified heart, where a man and a woman no longer walk in any known sin before God, but have been utterly sold out to him. The American church has rejected entire sanctification. Secondly, in burning incense to other gods. The American church has been burning incense to the God of of prosperity, of mammon, strategies for success, the lying, purpose-driven church. God's judgment is coming because we have been worshiping other gods, the God of entertainment, the God of a lifestyle, We have forgotten our first love. If ever there was a first love for many of you, many of you were brought into the church through the broad way, not the narrow way. And all of those brought in by way of the broad path are going to suffer great disturbance now because God's judgment will begin to fall upon you and upon the churches that are the broad way churches Oh, that the ones who've lost their first love, it will come there too, but their turn will be much easier. And number three, in worshiping what their hands have made, God is going to bring judgment on the church for what we have made with our own hands for our own prosperity gospel church, for our own great assemblies and all of the riches that accompany them, the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. We have worshipped what our hands have made. I'm being very honest with you. Yes, Mr. Trump, according to the word of the prophets, will win this election. But that election does not bear directly, instantaneously upon your lifestyle. Already the pot is being poured out upon America. The boiling pot, the vile pot of wickedness Already, we've seen marriage basically discounted and destroyed in America by the Supreme Court. We have watched as babies have been murdered in their mother's womb and out of the mother's womb. Late-term abortions and even the governor of Virginia recommending that babies be kept in a warm and comfortable place. Until mama and daddy decide, or mama decides, whether or not they want the baby, and if not, kill it, and it's legal. It's infanticide. The pot of vile wickedness on the television, in the internet, in the entertainment industry, in Hollywood. They've been pouring their vile filth all over America for many years, and now it's reached a boiling point, and it's being poured out. What has happened in this election is a result of the Lord God of heaven beginning to pour out that pot of boiling vile wickedness as judgment against America. I have never seen people so divided and so angry and so much in favor of wickedness. I've never seen. I've never seen such wickedness. It makes me want to vomit. God is pouring out and giving over. Romans, the first chapter, if you doubt what I'm saying, read Romans 1. The Lord was very clear. He was very clear. If a people refused to acknowledge and thank Jesus, he would finally give us over to the wickedness of our heart and the American church is being given over to worship. The gods, even the old gods, Gaia, Mother Earth, the Pope worships Mother Gaia. Total apostate, total darkness that he's bringing upon the Roman church. Now, I want to go to the New Testament. And I want to share with you what the Lord has said to me. And it is terrifying. I hope and pray you will look very carefully at your own life. And that you will pray about what I'm saying. For as the God of Mammon is destroyed in America, many will be without their homes. Many of you will have to move in with family members. As you lose your pensions, as money dries up, as they go to a digital currency and no longer Can you use cash? And the one world government rises up in the Antichrist. Now I'm hearing, as I listen to various preachers, great preaching on now is the time for God to take his people, secretly rapture them to heaven. I can tell you now the very worst thing that could happen to the church is the rapture because the church is not ready to face a holy God and most in the church would never see heaven. Now if you go with me to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said in verse 13, chapter 7, verse 13. Enter through the suffering gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many will enter through it. But groaning is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Now, let's be very clear about who these false prophets are. They are not outsiders. These are men. These are women. These are pastors. These are leaders in the Christian church. And they are saying... You don't have to enter through the narrow gate. You don't have to leave your sin. They're saying you can be saved in the midst of your sin. I could name pastor after pastor, national preachers, preaching. You don't have to leave your sin to be saved. You cannot lose your salvation. You could murder a man. You could do any kind of sin you wanted to do, and all you would lose are some rewards. You can't lose your salvation once you have it. They're lying. They're false prophets. And they have deceived God's people. False prophets are going to tell you that the gate is not small. It is not groaning. It is easy access. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I repent of my sins, and now I'm saved. They're false prophets. Watch out for false prophets. He goes on from there. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, who's he talking about? The context demands that we understand he is speaking about the false prophets who say you do not have to enter through the narrow gate. It is not a suffering process. You don't have to be crucified with Christ. I was weeping this morning. I don't know what's happening to me, but my heart is so broken for the church because we don't want to hear this word that we must be crucified with Christ. We want to hear that it's easy to come into salvation and you can come in with all of your sin and and he'll clean you up a little, but he can't clean you up completely. You're always going to be a sinner. That's a false prophet message. And most of the church has bought into this in America because in that configuration, we can go after what our wicked hearts want. We can go after the lifestyle and the beauty and the and the worldliness and the success and the money. We don't have to die. The Lord showed me in a dream a beautiful young maiden representing the church who when I called her to be baptized, to, be, to enter into the death of Christ, she turned away with her, her face covered. She didn't want to hear it. And most of the church will never hear this broadcast. They don't want to hear something like this. They want to hear they're loved and everything is good. And Jesus is going to give Mr. Trump the presidency. And then after that, it's easy street because we go into a time of great prosperity. No, we are not. Oh, there will be some prosperity but not until the spirit of mammon is broken in the American church. God is preparing to pour out from that boiling pot what will strip America of their finances. We have lived such a A luxurious life on debt, and the payment is coming due. The Great Depression of 1929 saw more than 7 million Americans die of starvation. We're going to see that again in America, famine and starvation. I tremble. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Some of you have believed the lie that there's nothing for you to do. Some of you have believed the lie that Jesus finished it all at the cross. Well, he did finish at the cross the provision to give us the free gift of salvation. But you have to enter in. You have to enter through the narrow gate, through the crucifixion, through the suffering gate. You have to turn away from your sins. You must repent. If you don't repent, you're not doing the will of Jesus. He came preaching. Repent. The disciples all went out preaching, Repent. Peter preached, Repent on the day of Pentecost. The Apostle Paul came preaching, Repent. That is, turn aside from your sin. Jesus brought us entire sanctification. He brought us the destruction even of the old, wicked, carnal nature. He brought us total deliverance in Jesus Christ. If you deny this, you are denying the blood of Jesus Christ. You are trampling it under your feet. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Who are these people? They are the false prophets and those who follow them, who believe that they are saved in the midst of their sin. These are the people who who are lawless people and yet claim salvation. These are the lawless ones who fill our churches, who reject sanctification, who reject purity of heart, who say you cannot ever stop sinning, The blood of Jesus will not cleanse you of all sin. It will not break every bondage. You have to wait until you die, and then you'll be changed. So death is their Savior, not Jesus. I boldly proclaim to you today, Jesus Christ is my Savior. He is my Lord. He broke the power of sin in my life and in my heart, and he has set me free. It's clear. I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Oh, you preached and you prophesied. You drove out demons. You performed many miracles in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name has power. But you never left your sin. You never were crucified with Jesus. Do you understand? Now many of you who think you are saved and you're comfortable in your church and you go to church, you pay your tithe, You claim Jesus as your Lord. But you still have not completely died out. It's time to die out. Instead, some of you are concerned about your work. You're concerned about your classes. You're concerned about your families. You're concerned about your entertainment. You're concerned about your day out with the guys. You're concerned about many things. And those things distract you from what is most important. I know people who have had very clear words from the living God of heaven about what their assignment is, what God wants them to do. And then they never do it. Not because they don't intend to do it, not because they don't want to do it, but they don't do it because they don't have time. They have too many other things to do. They have families to take care of, they have they have assignments at work. They have car payments and house payments and they intend to get right with Jesus. They intend to die out, but you've never done it because your concern is your prosperity. Well, God is about to take your prosperity and put it down the the toilet tube. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm simply speaking the plain word of Scripture. It's clear that the boiling pot is tipping and has begun to tip in America. And if we don't recognize the time, it will catch us and we will be lost. Jesus goes on, and this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. You, of course, recognize the Sermon on the Mount is the law of the heavenly realm. It's how it works. It's what he wants us to do and to be. Verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, That's the second time in just two paragraphs where he said, if you hear these words of mine and put them into practice, we have to hear the word of God and then we have to do, we have to put into practice the word of God. And it will require some very painful decisions about how we spend our time, how we spend the money. it will require some hard decisions. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. In other words, the man who who hears what's being said today, who hears the word of God, and puts it into practice is like the man who is building his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You don't need to be afraid today. I recognize that finances are going to be destroyed in America, and many will lose their homes. And I'm prepared to welcome people to come and live with me in my home. I'm prepared to to face whatever comes and stand by faith in Jesus. And if that means I can no longer do this radio broadcast, it's all right. I only want to do what Jesus opens for me to do and pays for me to do. I have no way now to bring in the almost $4,000 a month that I pay each month for this radio broadcast. I don't have a way to earn that. I'm not on salary. I get $850 a month of security. How do I live and pay $4,000 for radio? I can't. stand by faith and God moves in mysterious ways and brings the resources to cover everything the house, the utilities the radio the church God provides so I'm not afraid but I recognize that along with the church Those of us who have walked the narrow path are not going to fall. Those of us who have entered by the narrow gate are not going to crash and burn. For God will carry us. Now there's another man who has built a house that looks identical. Built a very successful ministry. A successful career. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, who does not obey the word of the Lord, who rejects the message of being crucified with Jesus Christ, the one who rejects the message of the narrow groaning gate. It says, this is like a foolish man. Who built his house on the sand? The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I'm telling you now that there are many churches that are going to fall with a great crash. They're not going to be able to pay their mortgages because they've not gone to the Lord for their money. They've gone to Pharaoh. They've gone to the banks. Many of the churches are going to crash because of COVID-19. Already this boiling pot is being poured out in America. Don't believe, don't hope that everything is going to get much better, and soon we're going to be back on Easy Street. It's not going to happen. The boiling pot is being poured out on the church in America today. And we have not yet seen the fullness of that pot being poured out. Now, he's given some of you very clear direction on what you're to do. If you're not doing that, repent, and quickly go do what God has called you to do. Pastor, that would mean I'd have to do this and this and I'd I'd miss this opportunity. Would you rather miss heaven? Would you rather miss heaven? Would you rather be swept away by this boiling pot? Jesus is watching. The almond staff is budding and blossoming and bearing fruit. And I know we are coming into a time of great revival, Holy Ghost revival. This is the final message that's going to go forth in the world. Repent and turn to Jesus and get right with him. And multitudes are going to do just that. But if the church doesn't do that, how will the church receive these precious believers? And if they come to you, Are you going to say, there, there, don't worry about your sin. You don't have to repent so seriously. You're saved. God loves you. You're on your way to heaven. Relax. That's what would happen today. I can tell you right now that if a great influx of non-believers came into the American church right now, they would be utterly corrupted. And they would be lost. And the blood would be on the church. I'm coming today to warn you. I'm coming today to beseech you. I'm not coming with any kind of of joy. I'm coming very broken. I'm nobody. Why should I speak this word to the church? It won't be heard by the church anyway unless God moves in power to give it to the church. But I was commanded to give it, so I'm giving it. It's not pretty. It's not easy. It's not light. It's certainly not the way to build any kind of successful ministry. But that's not what I'm doing. I'm not trying to build anything except the kingdom of God. With integrity. To say we've been lied to. We've been taught a lie by the American church. I was taught a lie. I was originally taught that it was works and faith that saved me. Then I discovered that was a lie. Then I was told that you could never lose your salvation and Jesus finished it at the cross, and all I had to do was accept him, and I was saved. That was a lie. And then the Lord God, in the reading of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, time after time after time after time, finally gave me the grace to understand that salvation is a free gift but it is only available to those who are crucified with Christ. It's only available to those who will leave their sin by the power of the blood of Jesus. It's only available to you if you will humble your heart Crucified with Christ. It's very plain. We have to do what Jesus has asked us to do. And he's asked us to enter into his death so that we can enter into his resurrection. And the modern church has entered into the resurrection of Jesus bypassing the crucifixion. And that's a false salvation. That's a false salvation. If you don't enter the crucifixion of Jesus, you cannot ever enter the true resurrection of Jesus Christ. So my brothers and sisters, there it is. What are you going to do with it now? I've done my part. I've shared it. Now, are you going to enter into the crucifixion of Jesus? Will you go get on your face before a holy God? And will you begin to go through every sin, every place of darkness in your heart, every selfishness, every bitterness, every hard-hearted feeling toward a brother or a sister? Will you go through the, the fornication? I know some of you who are Christians by name. And you're shacked up with somebody you're not married to. You think God is not watching. I know some of you who are lying, cheating, stealing. Some of you who have harsh judgments in your heart toward a brother or a sister. You gossip. It's time to get right with Jesus. We're almost out of time for today. We're going to have a day of prayer tomorrow and another day of prayer on Friday. I feel that it's so crucial, this election, and these issues that I've spoken about today that we must come together on the radio and hold a prayer service. Now, Please, if you need to, write your prayer out in advance. If you can simply open your heart to the Lord and pray, then please just open your heart to God and pray. But tomorrow and Friday will be prayer days. Now, I walk by faith. I trust Jesus to move in your hearts. And it has been extremely dry this week. I've gone to the post office day after day. And most days, nothing has been there. And we're way behind where we should be for the month of November. So would you consider hearing the Holy Spirit? And would you give what he directs you to give? I know it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by persuasion. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. You can give by going to nationalprayerchapel.com. Click the donate button in the upper right-hand corner and you can give for the work of the gospel. Thank you, Leslie, yours just came. Thank you. You can also write to me, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Lord, I pray for every person who listened to this broadcast today and I ask for the miracle of redemption in their hearts and in their lives. I pray for a a miracle of repentance where they would be crucified with you. Mighty God, would you come in in every heart listening I thank you for those who have already been through. Lord, they stand with me in praying for your people in America. For you are watching. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray from National Prayer Chapel. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Jeez.